KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a Thursday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. As we uh, talk the world of sports with you for the next couple of hours and appreciate uh, you giving us a couple, at least some of your uh, morning uh, here on KXNO. BMW Des Moines guest list in the next 10 minutes. We're going to talk some basketball, in-state basketball. The four uh, teams, we'll get Kevin Lehman in here, color analyst. He's brought to us all uh, college basketball season long by our friends at Washer Systems of Iowa. Thank you to Jeff Egley and Washer Systems of Iowa, Northeast 14th, 6050 Northeast 14th, and online at washersystems.com. Kevin Lehman, Trent, and I will opine on the four in-state teams coming up here in about 10 minutes. Mark Morehouse, Cedar Rapids Gazette. We'll catch him for 10 minutes or so. Uh, him and Doc are recording their podcast today, and they're both leaving on Sunday, I think, for okay. San Diego. So they'll be out there in plenty Jealous. of time. Yes, oh my. Uh, San Diego's a beautiful city. You know, by the way, the Hawks are going to be there with the USC uh, Trojans. You know what, Trent? This has got some cachet, this game. It does. Yeah. I like the Holiday Bowl. A little bit of buzz. Get the I big national crew that's yep. going to be there for Fox. Great point. Uh, but it is FS1. Still, I, I sense there's... Na- I'm, I'm doing a lot of reading. I'm doing my confidence bowl pool, uh-huh. right? And I put a lot of emphasis into this thing. Uh-huh. And I'm doing... I'm trying... Who's playing? Who's not? Mm-hmm. Uh, refreshing my memory in some of these schools who beat them. Any common foes? Not that maybe that matters. But anyways... I sense from reading all of this stuff that there's a bunch of national media excited about the Holiday Bowl. That's good to see. Yeah. And uh, hopefully it'll create a little bit of buzz. A Friday night game, 27th. A lot of people, what, holiday parties maybe going on on that Well, night? I know there's a birthday party at my house because I oh, turned 61 that day. So that's, that's how I remember it. Well, happy birthday uh, a week, a from week early. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Scott Sipker. Uh-huh. Corey Kuhn. Wow. Who sat in where you're sitting mm-hmm. for, for years and produced John Miller's show and then our show. And by the way, John Miller's joining the show today at 1135. And we, I booked John, you know, we made his announcement and he's walking away mm-hmm. as we talked about it. And let's have him on one more time. I enjoyed working with him. I really did. It was the shift change. We would talk during the day. We are completely opposite. Completely opposite in a lot of ways, and we hit it off. Yeah. We really did. We really hit it off well. I consider John to be a, a friend, so we're going to have him on. Obviously, we'll uh, we'll you know have him opine on some of his Hayden memories, but uh, mm-hmm. just back on kicks, you know, maybe for the final time. Could be because I think he's he's not doing any more of this stuff. He says he's uh, getting away from Twitter. He's said. getting away from it all. Yeah, Alex Halstead at uh, eleven fifteen. He'll join us as well. We'll recap signing day, which really got lost yesterday, and mm-hmm. I have no problem with it getting lost yesterday. It should have. Uh, there were bigger. Uh, topics to talk about, and I thought KXNO, from what I read, did a pretty nice job of uh, covering. I know you sat in yesterday for the Fanatics. Yep. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll also hear in the first hour of the program Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports. Uh, so that's the guest list as we kind of went all around it today. But uh, <laughs> A busy one. We've, we've got a busy couple of hours coming up. I didn't watch any sports last night other than the fact, you know, I tried to I tried to watch a hockey game. Okay. Couldn't get into it. Uh-huh. And then I remembered I had the Art of Coaching taped. Bill Belichick, Nick Saban, HBO. If you're a football junkie, this is in your wheelhouse. It Mm. is. I mean, I had no idea 
the history hit me up. I knew that they were attached when Belichick got the Browns job and Saban was his D coordinator. But they go back even further than that, Trent, to when, you know, uh, Bel- uh, when um, Belichick actually, his dad's coaching at the Naval Academy and Saban shows up there to learn. Um, so they, they cross paths as kids. Really? Yes. And for 40 years, they've been getting together once a year, no cameras, no publicity surrounding this event. I mean, think about it, right? Mm-hmm. Bill Belichick in his Super Bowl ring, Saban in his national championships, wherever he's been. Uh, just two incredible. I highly recommend it. I'm sure it's going to be on again. Right? Yeah, well, right. HBO on demand. You can watch it whenever you want. But uh, if you're a college football fan, it's a good. Re- it's a good watch. It really is. I'm looking forward to that one. Going to yep. put that in the queue and. Uh, Maybe get to it over the weekend. Started to dive into Hayden's book a little bit last night. I wonder how many people picked it up yeah. again last night. Right? Started just thumbing through it. Yeah. You know, just I think I'm going to re- give it a full reread here uh, over the next week or two uh, as I'm out and about in different uh, travel destinations mm-hmm. and things like that for Christmas. But you know, yesterday just looking back upon it and and just all the stories that continue to come out, stories that you'd either forgotten about or mm-hmm. never heard before. It was uh, it was quite the day, you know, quite quite the celebration of a guy that deserves celebration with Hayden Fry. No, no question about it. No question about it. the uh, the uh, George H. W. Bush, Barbara Bush tentacle of the story. I don't think got enough coverage, <laughs> and I didn't know about that. I thought that was what, what you're telling me. He did what? Uh, so it's really good. Uh, but yeah, it was a celebration uh, yesterday, and um, you know, I, I certainly enjoyed our conversation with Chuck Hartley. Wish yeah. we could have got a little bit. Had Mark Morehouse open. Uh, Mark Morehouse. Mark Hansen open up a little bit more. Uh, tried to pull it out of him, and yeah, you know, he was always that way, tough on the radio as well. It's just you know, some guys just yeah for whatever. And uh, but look, it was. Um, I, I thought that you know we did our part, anyways. So we move on for the first time since the first Thursday in September. There's no football tonight, which no. is going to be kind of weird in its of itself. Uh, but Saturday's going to be special. Have you taken a look ahead as I try and pick your brain? Because I want to win this pool. Oh, look at you. <laughs> but what is this? Like one of those thousand dollar pools? No, it's not. It's brain. My, my, my father in law won it, for God's sake. What does he know about it? <laughs> but anyway. Isn't that how all this It's, it's like an NCAA does. tournament bracket. Yeah, all Who wins that it? Way. The yeah. person that knows nothing about college right. hoops. Same kind of thing here. Yeah. Uh, bowl games over the weekend. I'm excited for the Vegas Bowl. But yeah, I kind of am every it. year. Yeah, I'm the same way, but there's three NFL games. So I was looking yeah. at the Big Ten. Okay. So I'm not sure what kind of bowl season the Big Ten's going to have. I As I take a look at this slate, Michigan State, Wake Forest, I really have no opinion. Wake Forest quarterback's been really banged up. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be... And he's a good player, too. Yes, he is. He's putting up huge numbers. Also, their top receiver has been banged up. He's going to at least give it a go. Uh-huh. I read that out last night as I was doing the same thing as you, getting ready for my confidence pool, too. But a winnable game, and they'll be playing it out in the ice at Pinstripe Bowl uh, at Yankee Stadium. That's true. Do you like Penn State or Memphis? I think Memphis is going to give them a game. What kind of Penn State team wants to do? Now, Penn State, I, I believe they'll win. Clifford had a really good year. Um, I don't like Ohio State. I don't like Illinois over Cal. I think Auburn will beat Minnesota, my Gophers. I think they go down and See, flames. and I like the Gophers. Do you? I do. Okay. Now, I also liked it a little bit more when I thought there was going to be some Auburn guys sitting right, out. Right, That's and not the case. That is not the case. Nope. They're, they're going to have a full complement. Yeah. I just don't like Bo Nix. Bo Nix, yeah. outside of a couple uh, throws against Oregon in mm-hmm. week one. In, this, in the final couple of minutes of week one. And he made some throws against Bama, too. But uh-huh. I just, I'm not a Bo Nix guy right now. 
Not a big believer. Well, you've got three more years to get. To, to, <laughs> that's well, at least you'd think, right? Yes. Um, I don't like Michigan over Alabama. No, I don't. Did you I, mention Illinois, Cal? Yeah, I like Cal a lot. I do too. You know who I like a lot? Maybe my, my, my maybe my most confident pick. I think Oregon's going to pound Wisconsin. Oh, see, I'm on the opposite side. Are of the you? Air. Yeah. See, I was going to unload my forty points on oh, that. Oh, really? I love Oregon in this spot. I love Oregon. Love their offensive line. Yeah. Yeah, that left tackle, the sophomore, the, the uh, yeah. award winner. Did you see God. Bruce Feldman had him second in his Heisman voting? Did he really? Yes. And I was listening to his podcast with him and Stuart Mandel uh, earlier this week, and he was just talking about it. He said, well, it's obvious who's number one, Joe uh-huh. Burrow. Yeah. And this was a guy that you have to scheme for. Mm-hmm. There's not many. No he is shit. the best offensive tackle in college football. And Why we'll, can't I vote him second? I think I it know. was, now he got to write an article about it and the but this is something you know that, that generates you, that buzz too. How do you say for his last name is Sewell? I don't. I can't. It starts. I don't know. It's Sewell. Something Sewell. Right. Um, Trent. He's he's going to be when his draft after next year. He's going to be. I mean, he's six foot six, three hundred and twenty pounds, and the athleticism oh, he that moves he shows, so oh, it's incredible. incredible. I mean that that offensive line as a whole. And, and Feldman voted him second. They voted him second. Panay. It might be. Panay Sewell? Something that like that. That sounds right, at least mm-hmm. as I say it out loud. But you'll see him in the Rose Bowl mm-hmm. in a big-time way. But, so tell me why you like Wisconsin. Uh, going out party for Jonathan Taylor. Get him involved. You know, Jack Cohn isn't great, but he has improved so much from the guy we saw a year ago. Yeah. And he can make plays mm-hmm. up the field. And that's how you beat Oregon, mm-hmm. is he make plays up the field. And the one thing he's done well this year, well, he's completed a high percentage of his passes, mm-hmm. but he's made plays up the field. I think there's going to be points in that game, mm-hmm. at the very least. Even with two pretty good defenses, I think you're going to see a little bit more scoring. You well, know I think Utah's defense is elite, and I watched what Oregon did to them on that Friday night of championship weekend. They pounded the crap. Out. That's why I'm on Oregon. You're on Oregon. Yep. All right. Indiana, Tennessee. Mm, I like the balls. Do you see? I kind of like the hoosh. I don't have a great <laughs> well, feel Well, I don't think we're going to be in the top two of our confidence Well, pools. one of us might be, or we right, might, right. or we might uh, split it halfway and end up in the middle of the pack in each one More of our... Likely. How about the Big 12? Any 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 take on the Big 12? Uh, I continue... Do you like Iowa or USC, by the way? I like USC. Do you? Yeah, I'm leaning that direction. And I think Iowa's defense keeps it in it. I told you during our television show, you can see that on Mediacom, Inside the Numbers. It starts, uh, it starts airing today, but Yes, uh, you can catch that over on MC22. That This is a live bet game for me. I'm going to, I don't know if I'll even have a play before the game. Maybe I will just have a middling opportunity, but, but I think you're going to know early. It's either I was going to come out, punch them in the mouth, and USC, that team's going to... Turtle. I mean, just go into their shell. That's and, how I see it. And you think that's going to happen from I the do. get-go. But I want to see what happens initially. I want to see what happens early on. Mm-hmm. How about Big 12? Oklahoma State A&M. No feel. Chubb is going to go? Yes, apparently. That's yeah. what he said yesterday. That's big time. It is big time. Notre Dame, Iowa State. And Notre Dame should win the football game. They should. They Motivation. Should. Right, but Iowa State is just something about them. It's a good defense. It is. It is. Um, I don't know about that one. I, I love LSU. I love LSU. I love the so, points. Well, you might love the points, but there's no points in these things, right? right? So, and then they uh, Oklahoma had all those guys suspended yesterday. Uh, or, uh, but Edwards Etienne is maybe going to miss some significant time. He hurt his hamstring in practice. The gifted running back from LSU. Uh, Navy beats K State. No, no, this is one of my. This is in the 30s for me in terms really? of confidence. I love K State. Did you see Perry last week? Yes, I did. Plenty of time to prepare. 
Oof. You're going triple option when you have that much time mm-hmm. to prepare for it. Mm-hmm. Kleiman's team is going all to right, be buttoned Norm up. Barker. They're going to yes. <laughs> all it is is the old wing team. That's all. This is going to be, I believe, a big time Kansas. Do win. you? I think they are going to score. They're going to move up and down the field. It's a good thing I use pencil for my picks then, because you got me thinking about these things. I uh, yeah, Kansas State for me, and it's one of the. In order to win these things, you have to take an underdog, and not mm-hmm. only take an underdog to win a few of them, mm-hmm. but also put big confidence yep. in many people aren't. Kansas State, that was one of them, that it went the opposite direction. Texas beats Utah. Utah. Oh, my God. I mean, you talk about going from the college football playoff to playing in San Antonio. <laughs> we are so different in these trends, because I love... Well, I've been on the Utes all year. You have been. And maybe it's time that the Utes and I officially file for divorce. Um, and then the finale, Baylor and Georgia. I don't know what to do here. Georgia's got a bunch of dudes sitting out. Baylor seems like Baylor would really want that game, right? Matt Rule, coach of the year in college football. I got the angle that I looked at for this and one. And what is it? Georgia last year losing to Texas in the Sugar Bowl. Uh-huh. Remember, Texas was back. Yeah, Texas was back. A little more motivation, I think, for, for Georgia, that they're going to show up certainly better than what we saw last year in January down in New Orleans. But Baylor without Charlie Brewer. I mean, the, yeah, and he's concussed. Well, Zito made a couple of throws, but that was it. Two throws yeah. is what he made of no, you, you know what? That's an excellent point, Trent, because he, he started his first series is like, holy mackerel, they got something here. This is going to be a real competition going into next year. Uh, but then they figured him out very quickly. Well, that's interesting. We couldn't see the Big Ten or the Big 12 any differently. Uh, we're going to talk some college basketball coming up here. Kevin Lehman's going to join us. We'll talk some Hawks. We'll do the clones. We'll do the two Valley Needle Movers in Drake and those UNI Panthers who are off to just a terrific start uh, this season. As we talked about with Gary Rima earlier in the week, wouldn't it be something if we get to leap, what do they call it? Leap day? Well, it's leap year. I get that. But what is the, well, it's the 29th of February, right? It happens once every four years. And that is the final day of conference play in the Valley. And don't look now, Nap Center, at least right now, it's scheduled to be a six o'clock tip. The Panthers and the Bulldogs, what might that game mean? Got a ways to go before we get to that, but uh, it certainly holds the promise of being something special. Our college basketball conversations with our in-state guy, Kevin Lehman, brought to us by Wish Washer Systems of Iowa Pressure Watchers, featuring that Mighty M Pressure Washer, industrial heaters, floor care equipment. They've got it all. Check it out online, washersystems.com. Kevin Lehman joins the program as we spend 10 or 11 minutes with Kevin talking about the four in-state teams. Kevin, great to talk to you, my friend. How you been? I've been doing good, lots of traveling, and I'm trying to get ready for, uh, i got a big January, lots of games, four weeks, so I'll be a busy man. Indeed you will. Well, we're going to keep you busy talking this next segment here. Is we, I want to go around the state, Kevin, and try and get them all in. I know you've seen them all, and you know, I want to start with the Panthers, because they deserve it, the start that they've, uh, that they've had, a couple of really uh, nice wins, what if, uh, woulda, shoulda, uh, that game at West Virginia, I thought they had them beaten, we're going to beat Huggy's team, I really did, uh, could be unbeaten, but they're not, they've got the one loss beside them, but off to a terrific start, uh, Kevin, obviously A.J. Green is leading the way, but what else, it's more than just that, when you watch the Panthers, what have you seen uh, to get them off to this start well Ken I saw this early when I went and watched them practice when Ben Jacobson has an experienced older team they're really hard to beat and this year usually Ken their defense is way ahead of their offense 
this year their offense was already going well back in November. And they won some games early with A.J. Green not shooting the ball well. And, Ken, that extended three-point line has helped the Panthers more than any team in the state because they have a number of guys who can knock that three ball in. Uh, Burrhouse has been sensational. And they've got fight back in the middle. they got mm-hmm. the big body inside. Uh, I really like what I see about this team. You know, you mentioned Fife inside and just having him healthy and out there. He's just such a good big guy for the MVC. But how about the senior, the seven-footer, Justin Dahl, a big guy from up in Minnesota, maybe never developed as much as people got. But he's giving them good minutes and giving them a one-two punch in the middle. That's what you need. You can get away with playing one big guy in the MVC pretty much every single time. But having that big backup big, Justin Dahl's been big for this squad. Trent, he's been outstanding in just limited minutes, and there's some games he didn't play. He goes to Colorado and goes 7-for-7 seven seven from the field. Now, this is a redshirt senior that's had limited minutes his whole career, and I think it says to Ben Jacobson how he coaches his teams. You know, he redshirts guys. They usually don't get poached. They stay because the culture's so good there. Mm-hmm. And the guy's putting their time, and a guy like Justin Dahl has bought in. You call his number. And he performs at a high level in a big stage. I mean, you're at elevation, you're in Boulder, uh, team ranked at top 25. Great performance by that young man. And you, you kind of like those guys that put in all that time that pays off for them during that redshirt senior year. What kind of teams DeVries got? I like to watch Sturts play. He's uh, he's gonna there's gonna be some nights where he goes off and fills it off or fills it up rather. Of course, we watched him uh, during his high school career, but he's he's really spreading the minutes around to a lot of these guys. And you know, Penn, we've seen him have some big nights uh, so far this year. When you've seen Drake, what have you seen so far out of them? And what's their ceiling, perhaps? Well, you're right about Stewart. He is fun to watch play because, you know, he's the back-cut ninja, as Adam Emenecker likes to call him, mm-hmm. always on the move. I think what they got to do is get Tramel Murphy back in the flow. He got injured against Simo, didn't play against Dayton. If you look at Drake, Ken, and Trent, they've won the games they needed to win. Not always pretty, protected home court. Uh, you know, they got bounced at Dayton pretty hard. Uh, they got bounced earlier in the year, but... They're a little different team that last year they're they're trying to come out and pressure you more and make some offense with their defense. And I think as far as the Valley, Darren DeVries spreads the court offensively as good as any coach. They're hard to guard. And their big man inside, Leon Robbins, Mm -hmm. is starting to come on for him. He's a seven-footer. Is he legit seven-footer, Kevin? Is he legit seven-foot? Yes. Is he? He is. And And he can run. He's knocked down a three, a couple three balls. His stamina is getting better. But the problem they're going to have, Ken and Trent, is they don't have a lot of depth. Uh-huh. They're trying to get Brady Ernst healthy in there. They don't have depth in the front line. That, that's going to be the problem when they get into the valley grind. And I've got their opener at Bradley on New Year's Eve. That's going to be a tough contest uh, for, the, for the Drake Bulldogs. So a little Peoria for you on New Year's Eve. You got the hot spot? <laughs> I'll tell you what, Trent. I had an invitation to go to the Iowa State-Notre Dame game. My oh. girlfriend is an Iowa State grad. Her father's a Notre Dame grad. Oh, but my. I'm going to be in beautiful Valparaiso, Indiana, calling Loyola at Valpo on the 30th, and then I'm over to uh, beautiful Peoria on the 31st. you got to love it in the Valley, guys. Uh, grinding away. Hey, one more on the Valley. We'll get into Iowa and Iowa State. 
we've already been looking forward to the end of the season. How about you and I, maybe with the regular season title on the line, coming to Des Moines to finish things off against Drake on February 29th in a leap year. What an end to the season. Great job by the MVC. Well, it's a wild card game. It hasn't been picked yet, and I am on that game if it gets called, gets picked for ESPNU. Mm. So we're waiting to see. But I'm with you, Trent. That's, I think that's going to be the game that they have to take. Mm. Uh, so I'm excited about that. you got Darren DeVries going against his alma mater. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in front of the home folks. Great storyline. Forest Avenue, yep. no doubt. Kevin Lehman is our guest. Kevin, let's uh, let's get to the uh, well. Let's start with Iowa State. Uh, look, they're they're struggling to shoot the basketball. I can't believe we're saying this about an Iowa State team, but that's this seems to be the uh, the Achilles' heel so far. Anyways, Kevin, this is a team that struggles to make shots. Um, strange as that might sound, I don't know how they cure that at this point. How about you? Well, I'm kind of with you. Uh... And the team you have today is not the team you had yesterday, nor the team that you're going to have tomorrow. So they got to keep plugging away. Against Iowa, they just couldn't find the range. They tried to put Halliburton in the middle of the zone. They tried a little bit of everything, Jacobson in there. But Bolton and Nixon have just not knocked them at a high mm-hmm. level. And they don't have a lot of bench. Uh, Trent and Ken, that's going to be an issue for Iowa State down the stretch. I really thought Hilton Magic was going to come on there. They had some opportunities the second half of the Iowa game, but Iowa just hit big shots and, and quieted the crowd every time Iowa State tried to make a mini run. And one of those shots came from Connor McCaffrey, a guy that didn't shoot it real well last year and has at least been adequate over there. Over to the Hawkeyes after the win, but the story here of this week has been Jordan Bohannon shutting it down. Needs surgery now on the other hip after offseason hip surgery. Gave it a go, got his 10 games in, including a win in Hilton Coliseum. But how different is this Iowa team now in your mind, minus Jordan Bohannon? Well, think about this. You've got the top three-point shooter in Iowa history. And he's on track to become the top three-point maker in Big Ten history. That's going to change your the way people prepare for you. But his leadership's going to be really missed. Yeah. Uh, you know, technically you're going to go below ball screens and Toussaint now. You don't have to go over the top, so they're not going to spread the offense as much. But I tell you what, they got a guy in the middle, Luca Garza, who's an All-American, mm-hmm. and he sets the stage for this team. Unbelievable effort. I've never seen a player constantly run rim-to-rim as well as he does. It's, it kind of reminds me when they had Peter Jock. They get Wieskamp in the corners. Garza comes blowing down the middle. And this team at Iowa, Connor McCaffrey you mentioned, D.J. Frederick, they show the basketball as good as any team I've seen that Iowa's had. And they're starting to guard, guys. They're starting yep. to defend. I sat courtside at Minnesota game. It's kind of like when Woodbury was there. They're talking. They're moving people around. I, this is a better defensive team. But without... Bohannon, the freshman, Toussaint, Frederick are going to have to step up, and they got to get something from the the grad transfer, Bakari Evelyn. Yeah, they really do. No, he's a, he's a key going forward, I think. And you're right, Kevin. He hasn't given them much so far. So let's get you on record, Kevin Lehman. Uh, how many of the four teams, how many NCAA tournament teams do we have in the state of Iowa? Zero, one, two, where do you want to go? I think I'm thinking two, but the problem with the Valley is I think it's still a one bid league. The metrics for Northern Iowa, if they don't win the Arch Madness, I mean they're like a twenty RPI right now, it's a twenty eight in the net. 
Yeah, it's going to fall because they get in league play. They can't keep that number right. up there. So you're back to they got to win it to get there, or else they're looking at the NIT. And I, this Iowa team, this will be interesting to watch how they adjust without Bohannon. I think they still got a shot, guys. And, you know, they got to test tomorrow against, uh, or Saturday against Cincinnati, a team I called three of Cincinnati's games at the Virgin Islands tournament. And this is a Cincinnati team that, they won last night over Tennessee, got beat the night before against Colgate. It's going to be a good test for this Iowa team at Chicago, where I think you're going to be against a, in a pro-Iowa crowd at the United Center. Kevin Lehman joining us as we talk some hoops here. Going to be a fun season, no doubt, Kevin. Thank you, as always, for your time, and we'll be doing it a lot all the way through Arch Madness, the NCAA tournament. Thanks, as always, for joining us. Thanks, Kev. All right, guys. You have a good Christmas, New Year's, guys. Talk yep, soon. you do the same. Thank you, Kevin Lehman, joining us, uh, college basketball analyst. He's got a busy Peoria <laughs> game up. Eve. Chance our, to go to the Camping World Bowl. And... Our, our buddy Whipper uh, has a suggestion here. We'll we'll talk about that one off air. Oh, does he? Interesting. <laughs> he texted me. Boy, college basketball has been tra- crazy trend. I mean, Kentucky got beat again last they night. They did. I watched that last night. I watched Cincinnati, who Iowa plays Saturday. They beat Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Tennessee had been playing at a really high level. Cincinnati had been awful. They just lost to Colgate, and they come back and beat Tennessee. Is this one of those years where it is going to be as random as it? Wasn't there a year where one of the not one of the one seeds made it? We had like two fours, like an eight and an eleven. Yes, I think it was the year that UConn maybe won right. something like that. It it kind of has mm-hmm. that kind of feeling. That Kentucky team, watching them last night, they're not good. No, they're not. The Zags are, though. Oh, they are. Yeah, the Z- and I think Kansas is, too, and I hate to say that. I haven't mm-hmm. seen enough of Kansas. I've saw Kansas early. Uh, well, we'll see. We'll see plenty of them. Yeah, you know, they're a big game tonight, but sadly, Pyle's not going to play for uh, for Seton Hall. Maryland Seton Hall had a chance to be really good. Mm. Had a chance to be really good. Anyways, Mark Morehouse joins the program next. Still to come in this hour, uh, Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports. 11 o'clock. I want to pick your brain more on this ball stuff. We are so opposite. It's crazy. Uh, we are here until noon. It's Miller and Condon. Thanks for joining us on Des Moines Sports Station. fourteen six. Limitations apply. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. Thanks to Kevin Lehman. Still to come this hour, Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports. He's got his bowl special coming up. He's got some picks for us. Look forward to hearing uh, those. Let's get Mark Morehouse in here, Cedar Rapids Gazette. Uh, one of the many members of the uh, Hawkeye media will be headed out to San Diego uh, to cover the Holiday Bowl. Uh, Mark Trenton, Ken, Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays to you and yours, Mark Morehouse. How are you? Thank you very much. I uh, appreciate it, and, and Merry Christmas to you guys, too. I uh, appreciate you coming on, Mark. Uh, you know what? This The Holiday Bowl, it's, it's, we start to get uh, you know more more in touch, I think, or more in tune with what we're about to uh, embark on here for the next couple of weeks. This was getting a lot of buzz. There's a lot of buzz surrounding this Iowa-USC matchup uh, in San Diego on Friday the 27th. Are you noticing that, if you want to call it one of the, you know, not a minor bowl, but um, but there's a lot of buzz surrounding this bowl, Mark? I think uh, two two uh, power five brands that mm-hmm. uh, kind of represent sort of kind of two ends of the spectrum of college football. Um, one is the big sexy program on a coast with uh, beaches, and the other <laughs> one is uh, cold. So uh, uh, I, I think that's probably intriguing. I, I love the intersectional matchups, and frankly, I'm just gonna you know I'm just gonna 
call bulls a really a guilty pleasure for me. I, I the people who come out against, oh my goodness, there's more bulls. Uh, it's more football. Take out the word bull and put right. the word football in, and then and then you'll shut up about it. So uh, I, I think uh, to me, this would be a game if I were if I were from say maybe if I were a college football fan from uh, the South, even I would I would watch this game yep. just because uh, two two big brands and uh, you know I think. I don't know if the general public will probably glom on to the Peyton Fry Holiday Bowl uh, sort of connection there, but mm-hmm. I imagine that will be a storyline because Peyton is in the uh, uh, Holiday Bowl Hall of Fame. He is, and uh, certainly want to get uh, your thought, thoughts and perspectives on Hayden. You were right during the, the turnover there. How much Hayden did you cover? You know, uh, I worked at Dubuque, and I covered the team for home games for – Oh, two or three years. I can't remember exactly which. It's getting a little foggy now for me, but uh, at least two or three years. And uh, after, this was toward the end. This would have been uh, mid-90s, 95, 96, 97, somewhere in there. Uh, so I, I got the, the later end of Hayden. And after games, it was always fun. After games, win or lose, because toward the end, uh, he kind of, he would kind of unload a little bit at press conference. Not, not unload in a bad way, but just kind of like uh, go through some of the stuff that he probably went through during the game. And uh, Anyway, Hayden, obviously, you know, iconic, and I think that a uh, uh, huge loss. And I think it, it's been strange for me, you guys. Uh, I think Trent can probably speak to this, but I, I want to say 40-something Hawkeye fan. Uh, you guys came up. Uh, mm-hmm. That's all you knew was yeah. as a football coach. and. It feels like to me, there's a little. I think some of uh, the forty somethings are kind of uh, feeling a little childhood a little bit, kind of slip away. And I think it's been a very emotional for anybody who's been connected to Iowa football, the Iowa football program. I think it's been very emotional, sort of a couple days here. Yeah, I certainly get that same sense as well. You know, an underrated portion of the Hayden Fry story. I mean, the football at Iowa, uh, the integrating the, uh, the the state of Texas and North Texas State was remarkable. I think is maybe his best accomplishment, certainly humanitarian wise of his career. The George and Barbara Bush tentacle of this story, <laughs> the fact that he found that they he was friends with them, spent time with them before you know once uh, once George Herbert Walker Bush got out of the uh, out of the service and found them their first place to live, an apartment, a garage apartment. That's one of the underrated, maybe it's a part of that story that didn't receive the attention that it deserves, Mark. I, I think the whole West Texas thing, um, if I were writing this book, I would want to go back and retrace the steps as a, as a high school kid coming out of West Texas. Um, uh, they, the fries weren't poor, but they weren't wealthy either. I mean, they were, he, he was a football coach and he ended up with some money, but he wasn't, uh, you know, they didn't grow up that way. And uh, West Texas was, uh, you know, there was no Internet back then. There was no connectivity. Uh, so I, I imagine there's some hellish stories there. And, and uh, from roughnecking to uh, the Marine, yep. I mean, come on, this is a, this is a, this is a, I can't believe this has not been a movie or some sort of novel or, uh, I don't know if you guys remember the book uh, Sea Biscuit. Um, it was every little inch of it was true by the writer mm-hmm. i think hayden's got a there's a there's a hayden book in here that's kind of going to be forrest gumbian i think has that feeling no doubt hey let's get into uh the matchup usc on the docket a team that's going to throw the ball around they're going to chuck it around here how iowa matches up against the air raid offense here in your mind defensively well um, 
it all matter. It all comes down to if Iowa can get pressure on the quarterback. Uh, in my mind, Ed, uh, Iowa has the greater race for passing games. His name is AJ Epineza. Hmm. They probably have him for one more game. Uh, so use him as much as you can. Use him wisely. Um, I, I think that, that that to me gives Iowa a, a fighting chance in this game. Plus, passing game, uh, so much can go wrong. But but you're right, Trent. I mean, that's that to me is uh, uh, USC's best best thing um where is usc at on defense and where is iowa at on offense i mean that's uh i think how many times have we talked about that this season you know can iowa's offense make something happen um uh, the nebraska game wasn't a great offensive display until the last like 32 seconds so uh I don't know. I think that's probably can Iowa score enough points to win this game. And if it gets into a shootout, I don't like that for Iowa. Mm. Yeah, well, everybody's going to point out Pittman and Fonga on defense and Slovis, the quarterback. Uh, they got some dudes. I love this matchup, Mark. I do. I think it's one of the sexier bowl games, and uh, we'll get it on the 27th of December. Uh, so what, what, we'll, let's dive into that a little bit more as far as Epinesa and Wirfson. Eric Jackson didn't submit paperwork. What does that say to you, Mark? Well... He didn't, at least at that point. Uh, the People have to remember the deadline isn't until January 20th. And so there's time here. They have uh, they have like they basically a month to figure this out. I'm just, just little tremors. Uh, they're telling me that uh, one of these guys has already made his decisions. And beyond that, I, I don't know a whole lot on this. But I think... I think if I were Kirk Ferentz and I have a football program, I would prepare for the 2020 season without Tristan Wirfs and A.J. Epineza. I just think that that's just being a sound football coach and that's just being a sound uh, uh, just observer of the game. I mean, those two, these two kids are ready. And uh, the, the projections, the ones that really kind of matter right now, have them going uh, getting rich. So, yes. Uh, I don't think that there's a person on the planet who – I don't think there's very many Hawkeye fans anymore. The Iowa fans have been through this. Last year was a big shocker, um, and it hurt. And, uh, and it hurt the team in that, you know, it took superstars off the field. Um, but, but that's what money's going to do here. And I think the more and more of these decisions are going to go NFL way. And uh, I think parents in Iowa have probably uh, kind of shaken hands with that. I mean, uh, I talked to Tim Polisek last uh, at the media day last year at – you know, I said, okay, you, there's a there's a very good possibility that you'll have two offensive tackles that'll be getting paid to play football here pretty soon. Um, you guys prepare for that, right? And he was very straightforward and saying yes. Uh, and that's why I think it was a very important year for Mark Kallenberger to get to get his mm-hmm. get on his feet. But beyond that, uh, yeah, I think Iowa, if they were, you know, Iowa knows what time it is, and uh, they know that there's probably a pretty good possibility that 74 or 94 are. Uh, going to get paid next year. Signing day is coming gone. At least the first one. We'll get another one coming up in six weeks in February. But, Mark, uh, you got a favorite guy in this class, a guy you think is going to pop early. Your overall thoughts? Uh, I really would uh, like to see Deontay Craig for sure at the fold. Uh, anytime that there's a delay yeah. uh, makes me nervous just because I cover recruiting. And recruiting is uh, it's like an earthquake every minute. And I don't, I don't know how people can cover that and write an invisible ink so much. But anyway, it drives me nuts. Uh, I'll be better with this class when he's actually in the fold. Um, I think Deuce, everything I hear about Deuce, what what is there not to like? 
Um, I'm, I'm very curious about the running backs. I've heard really good things about LaShawn Williams hurt this year, but, uh, uh, I want to see him go. Um, really like the defensive linemen and I like their approach to them. Uh, there's five defensive linemen. They're all really tall guys. And so I think they're kind of playing wait and see. Is this guy a tackle? Is this guy an end? I like that. And I like the fact that they're being honest with these guys up front, um, position uh, flexibility on the defensive line. I think it's one of the most important things in college football. And really the most important things for Iowa football is a good, healthy defensive line. You've seen it the last two years. Defensive line, Iowa's defensive line has been maybe the strength of the team, and it's done so with guys who are sort of hybrids. I mean, I'll point to Parker Hesse. So I like that approach to recruiting. My favorite uh, my favorite recruit is Wyab Black, I, 6'5", 265, uh, Marshall, Minnesota, basically uh, an area that produces not very many football players. And uh, Tim Palasek went and dug him out. And it sounds like the, the coaching staff had a little bit of a tug of war with this guy. Right now he's a defensive lineman. And the, the trade-off with Mason Richmond stays an offensive lineman. So a lot of guys are like in this class that they like. I think there's a lot of guys here that fit Iowa's profile. You know, Does that mean they'll be great football players on this team? We'll get to Indy. I don't know. But uh, I, I think if Iowa can walk away from a recruiting class and tell itself that uh, it checks its boxes, then I think uh, that's that's probably that's just pretty sound. And I think that that'll you know I don't know what this recruiting class would be, but uh, I think I like the defensive lineman in it. I think that that'll that'll be the, what we're talking about four years with this class. Good info on that, Mark Morehouse. Mark, travel safe. Uh, I guess your eyeballs tonight, as mine will be, will be on the corner of Portage Avenue and Donald Street in downtown Winnipeg, MTS Place. It's the Blackhawks and the Jets in a colossal Central Division tilt. Uh, wake, somebody better wake the Blackhawks up for this. Uh, they, they're taking on water right now. Yeah, they are. No doubt. Good stuff, Mark. Uh, travel safe. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. You bet, guys. Take care. Good to talk to you. Mark Morehouse, Cedar Rapids Gazette. We'll get a timeout. Lee Sterling joins the program next. Going to talk some bowls with Lee. Oh, he's got the Camping World Bowl in there. He's got the Holiday Bowl as well. Miller and Condon continue. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Yay.org. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Coming up in the 11 o'clock hour, Alex Halstead on Iowa State and John Miller, HawkeyeNation.com, will bid adieu uh, to the uh, sports media as uh, he hangs it up. Let's get Lee Sterling in here. He's not hanging up. He's a busy guy. It's bowl season. It starts on Saturday. Lee's going to go over some of the bigger games, plus his game of the week. It's the Sugar Bowl, I might add, where the get-in price is 6 bucks. Just kind of crazy. Wow! Is it really six bucks gets you in the door uh, in New Orleans? Wow. Well, I think I think the Baylor fans will be gobbling up those tickets. Yeah, I have a feeling you're 100 percent right. Yeah. Well, let's get into it, Lee. Yeah. First of all, let me let me pick your brain a little bit. Right. Of course, it's the time of year. I mean, who wants to be there? Who doesn't? Mm-hmm. How do you take? How do you factor that in when you're handicapping? It takes a whole lot more work compared yeah. to like 15, 20 years ago. So now you got guys that hit the transfer portal. Even some players. I mean, like, how about KJ Costello this yes. morning leaving Stanford? And there's mm-hmm. a quality quarterback. I think he had almost 50 touchdowns and only like 14 or 16 interceptions. He'll start for someone. Uh, uh, we're talking about a Power Five school, and so I've got to. I we have to do all the work to find out. You can't miss anyone, and we, then we got to watch films on who their backups are. 
So, and then on top of that, what you're going to have, we're going to have a scramble. We don't put out any selections like a week or two in advance because these kids still have to pass all their courses. And right. people forget about those suspensions that happen and, you know, yes. they don't stay in school. So it, it involves a lot of work, a lot of filmmaking. But we're able to do it because you have that little bit of a break. We're not studying 55, 60 games every week. And that's why we've done well. Three of the last five years, we've hit at least two out of every three bowl games. And this year, there's 44 of them. Oh, that's, a good, that's a winning record in, uh, by, uh, in, in any year. Well, let's get into it. The Alamo Bowl It was a good game last year. Uh, this year, we've got Utah and Texas. Uh, Utah's a seven-point favorite coming off a spanking in the Pac-12 championship. How do you see this one? A lot of places, seven and a half. So what does Utah have to play for here? I, I, I don't see much. I mean, they're deflated. They lost that game uh, against Oregon. They thought they could get in the Final Four. Uh, as bad as Texas was late, they only lost to Final Four teams, LSU and Oklahoma, by seven points each. And Utah is not as talented or as dynamic as either of those teams. Here's what Texas needs to do going forward. And they still have not found an offensive coordinator. So, uh uh, a lot of people I'm hearing, a couple people turn them down, and it's tough if a coach might be going to his last year if he gets fired. So, does someone want to leave a school, even if it's for big money like Texas can dangle at someone, uh, to take a shot for one year? Usually it does not work, but they need to create an identity. They need to start running the football more. And how about this? Uh, big 12 teams, 7-3 and three straight up and against the spread in Alamo games, and dogs 4-0 and against the spread Alamo bowl games the last four years. I think Utah wins the game 27-23, but I'll take the seven and a half in Texas. I'm jumping aboard with you there. Going to be grabbing the points and the Longhorns. Let's go to one of the semifinal matchups. Ohio State getting a couple against the Clemson Tigers. The winning streak is ridiculous. Yeah, here they are, the number three seed. CD doesn't matter now. You just have to win two games. What do you see with the Tigers and Buckeyes? So Ohio State has to be kicking themselves for not for blowing mm-hmm. uh, a chance of getting that number one seed. All they need to do is blow out Wisconsin. Didn't get the job done. Had a really poor first half, and now they got to face maybe the best team in the country. The Tigers rolled in the last meeting when they faced each other, thirty-one to nothing in the semifinals. In fact, since they're scare against North Carolina, 21-20. They've lost eight games. They're 8-1 against the spread. So Dabo has them, you know, kind of thinking that they're under the radar, telling them that they're, you know, not getting their just deserves, being uh, the number one ranked team last year and not losing a game since then. And um, they love to Clemson 7-0 and against the spread, playing teams that are on a six-game or more winning streak. Now, Ohio State has some great skill players. I mean, Fields is amazing. Uh, Dobbins amazing, two, three really good running back receivers here. But Clemson's, if Ohio State's guys are like an eight and a half, nine, Clemson's might be nine and a half. I don't know if we've ever seen a better quarterback in Lawrence, a running back ATN, and two receivers that are six four and can run and and jump probably fourteen, fifteen feet high. I like Clemson here. <laughs> Great game, 38-34. Yeah, I think we're on uh, track for Tigers versus Tigers. And, uh, well, if we get to that point, LSU is going to beat Oklahoma. And LSU is a big, big favorite in this game. Oklahoma's got some guys that were suspended as of yesterday in the defensive side of the football. LSU given 13 lead to the Sooners. Yeah, one of the best defensive players that looks like defensive line will be out for Oklahoma. Backup running back, and they do use two. It looks like he won't play either. So uh, they're going to be up against it. Joe Burrow... 
completing 77.9% of his passes. He hasn't had a bad game all year. It's crazy. In Oklahoma, 1-6 against the spread here, against teams averaging 30 points or more on offense. And just think that LSU's defense is going to be able to make Oklahoma one-dimensional and have to throw early and often. And Oklahoma's defense, they just don't get off blocks or make enough plays. I like LSU 48-28. LSU, big 48-28 in that one. We're going to finish up in the state of Iowa. Well, with teams from the state of Iowa, they won't be playing here in the Hawkeye State. Up first, Iowa State, Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish, just a three-and-a-half point favorite here. I think a surprise to a lot of people. Yeah, I, I was surprised it was a little light. I thought it would be like maybe six or seven, and... Notre Dame, here's what's crazy about this team. They just are totally off the radar now. So what happened with Notre Dame, they uh, ended up losing to Michigan in a driving rainstorm. They just couldn't play in the driving rain. There's some teams just that it happens. But since that time, they've won five straight games, the last four by an average of 29 points per game here. In fact, First meeting of these teams, Cyclones' first trip to Florida. Did you know this? Since 1975, yes. you guys aware of that? Well, we weren't, and then we, we, we opined on it, and one of our, one of our listeners uh, filled us oh, in. But, okay. yeah. I remember the game. They actually played Florida State. So, remember the game. I had a friend who went up for the game. But uh, here's the problem for Iowa State. They're going to have trouble, I think, covering wide receiver Chase Claypool, Guy has 12 touchdown catches. And Notre Dame, you're going to have to stop the Iowa State passing game. They have the number 3 pass defense. I like Notre Dame here, 30-24. to 24. Going with Notre Dame with the win and the cover. We finish up with the Holiday Bowl. The Hawkeyes going to the left coast, a place that has not been good for Kirk Ferentz and going back to the Hayden Fridays as well. USC, though, getting a couple of points here. What are you seeing with the Hawkeyes out in San Diego? Okay, so USC has scored against some pretty tough defenses this year. They scored... 30 on Utah, 41 on Cal. Not a lot of people know about Cal's defense. Very good also. Caden Slovis, uh, quarterback, uh, came in after they lost their top two guys, completed 72% of his passes for 3,200 yards, 28 touchdowns, just nine interceptions. And they got some receivers. Michael Pittman caught over 95 balls for over 1,200 yards. Their second and third guys are speed guys, Tyler Vaughns and Amon Ross, St. Brown, these two guys uh, combined for 68 passes. And just think that USC's air raid offense is a bad matchup for Iowa's defense, who faced really nothing like it all season. And would have helped if Iowa uh, would have faced maybe an, an Ohio State or an uh, Indiana team during the season. And Iowa's three tight end offense, how about this, combined, all their tight ends, just 25 catches for no touchdowns. I like USC here. 31 to 24. Hmm. Well, we talked about the get-in price for the Sugar Bowl. Uh, it's 6 bucks to get you through the door. It's your game of the week. Georgia's a 7.5-point favorite over Baylor. SEC versus the Big 12. If the folks want more information, Lee, how do they reach you? Just call 800-409-741. We'll give them that game for free. And uh, on a roll last year, uh, we hit uh, over 68% of the 44 bowl games. So you want to hop on board. You can get from now through the Super Bowl, it includes the last two weeks of the NFL season, 44 bowl games, NFL playoffs, and Super Bowl. If you use coupon code SAVE100, just $297 gets you my executive phone service from now through the Super Bowl. We rate the games from 10 to 50 units. And how about this guy? has been on a roll in basketball on a 9-2 and two roll uh, over the last seven days. 
We rate them from 10 to 50 units. My first 50-unit play of the year, we've had two 40 units and won those by a combined 26 points. Have a 50-unit play in college basketball. I'll give it to your listeners for free. I'll show them I can do both sports equally well. All they need to do, call 800-400-9741 right now. First 10 callers get it for free. Good stuff, Lee. We'll talk to you before the Super Bowl. Thank you, Lee Sterling. Thanks, guys. Good to talk to you. 11 o'clock hour coming up next. Alex Halstead and Iowa State. John Miller bids farewell. 1460 KXNO.